Real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real, real phony gon' recognize, still, still recognize with. Like we always do with this time.
K-I-R-P Radio!
But this is about the audacity of re-election. When you have these unemployment numbers and you have the audacity of re-election to create for yourself a uh, sand replica of Mount Rushmore greeting people to Charlotte four years after having Greek columns all over the place, elevating you to to the Greek godlike status when you accept the nomination. You're you're dealing with something as a nation, as a people. And I think that too many African Americans have bought into it. They still have their T-shirts, like I used to say on my show on WVON. They still wear their Obama pajamas when they're making decisions about this president. They are still too much of fans and not citizens. There's there's still too much, you know, groupies in regards to chasing the president around and being proud to have a black president rather than looking at this as a voter and as a constituent and saying, has this individual served my constituency well? With a 14% clip of unemployment, with some of the other issues that we're facing in the black community, the answer is no. And, And by the way, with this president's willingness to speak about issues such as domestic violence and do a PSA about violence against women, which I think is a commendable thing, but to do that in 2012, to get the women's vote, and not be able to be a historic figure for black children everywhere and do a PSA in February 2009 talking directly to black youth and saying, now that I've broken the, the ultimate glass ceiling in America, it's time for us to change some other paradigms. It's time for black children to stop killing each other. It's time for black children to do better in school. It's time for black children to stop dropping out of school. It's time for black fathers to stay in the home. It's time for us to have stronger marriages. It's time for us to have better relationships. I challenge us to do this, and I think that we can do this together. If you can make me the first black president, let's make our communities better together overall, and that will make a stronger America. Why couldn't he spend 30 seconds in February 2009 saying that? I, you I'm got not me. that eloquent. Remember, I'm me. not that eloquent. I, I, I'm some little, I'm some little ugly-looking elf looking character here in, in Washington, D.C. I'm not the, the good-looking, tall, angular president sitting down there on, on 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. That should have been said February 2009. Maybe, just maybe, just maybe, they would address each other as far as black-on-black youth differently. Maybe, just maybe, we would have started being more post-racial if he would address the biggest elephant in the room rather than, on the flip side, telling Eric Holder to shut up about race when Eric Holder called us a race of, uh, a nation of cowards when it came to race. Remember what he said? He didn't take that on. He said, well, you know, I wouldn't have said what he said. But I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm just saying. I mean, to, to, get, to, get not, to get 92 to 94% of the black vote in 2012 after not serving the black constituency, after not talking about race, after yeah. t- telling Eric Holder not to talk about race, and then trying to talk about certain issues and speak to certain demographics in an election year, I'm not going to say it's, you know, shady. I'm just going to call it disingenuous. I wanted to go there on the Eric Holder, but I stutter, so that must mean don't go there. So I, I let that be. But let me play devil's advocate for a second because here's what I'm hearing and here's what I'm seeing. And I, I, there's some validity in this for some people. Maybe not for me, maybe not for you, but people are saying I'm going to vote for the president because he got rid of bin Laden. Makes sense. He brought, he, he brought the troops home. 
That was something that President Bush already already put into place, and the Obama administration could not renegotiate. So that that is something that President Bush put into place, that President Obama benefited from. People need to remember how that all played out, and they don't. Well... I'm, I'm reading off my list here, man, and, and I got quite a few well, things. Well, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm addressing each one as you go. So right uh, now, President Obama is one and one. He's he, he's not two and zero. Oh. He's one well, and one. You you didn't address the Carl Bin Laden part. I I said I concur. I said that he that that's a check mark on, on his column. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, well, let me address that. I'm giving a shout out to the Navy SEALs on that one because that there's I could have been the president. You could have been the he's president. The commander, he's the commander in chief. You hey, still man. gotta say you still gotta say do it or not do it. You Elmer cannot Fudd take credit. You can't, you can't no, Fudd you can't say that. Anybody in their right mind would have said, Yo, go get Bin Laden. Hold on. Come on, let's be serious. Hold on, Pudgy. Hold on, Pudgy. What happened to Jimmy Carter when he tried to go get the hostages back in nineteen seventy I think it was seventy nine. Yeah, it was 79 or 80, one of the two years. What what happened to Jimmy Carter when they tried to go get the hostages and it failed? He looked horrible. It did not work out, and it was egg all over President Carter's face. There was a substantial risk. They could have had loss of life, and it could have just flat out failed. It could have done a number of things. Remember, the, the helicopter crashed. It didn't start out perfectly in the first place. Yeah. He took a risk. It worked out. You got to give him credit for it. It's a check mark in President Obama's column. Let's just be fair. But he's one and one off the two that you listed so far. I still say Elmer Fudd would have pushed the button to say go. And it, given given where we were in the country at the time, anybody would have said go, and they just would have dealt said, with it. You could have said you could have said the same thing about Jimmy Carter. We needed to get our our hostages back. When the, the Iran situation went down, sure, it didn't yeah, it work was, out. Sure, it, ma- sure, it made him it made him look worse, right. and it, it helped it helped Reagan win in a landslide in November. Reagan was going to win anyway. Jimmy Jimmy Carter had other economic issues just as well as Obama has this time. But but guess what? But guess what? Jimmy Carter had a fairly strong foreign policy um, record until that went down. Remember, he was the one that brokered the Middle East um, negotiation, the Middle East peace. No one had really done that before. Right. That was a huge feather in his cap. I, I don't so know for that. You, I'm so, but, for but, that. Until, but, but I'm saying until the situation with the hostages went down, Carter could at least lean on some foreign policy victories that Reagan didn't have access to. So you could say the economy was bad, but the economy's been bad. The, the oil crisis with, was with OPEC, not the United States. Carter could have negotiated his way out of that. And remember, Carter was ahead in the polls. Carter was so far ahead in the polls at one point in time, he was begging for Reagan to be his his candidate because they saw him as an empty suit former actor from a liberal state that was not going to be able to cut the mustard on the big stage. And he was, and they thought he was going to be an older candidate that wasn't going to be able to to have the endurance to do what it took. And you're talking about an incumbent president. So you're telling me, and and we're going to move on here in a second, but you're telling me that no other president would have had the gonads to say, go get him, given where they were and what time it was in the country. You think nobody else would risk that? I'm telling you that there are presidents that would have done it, and there are some presidents that might not have done it. I can't name one, Lenny. 
I can't name one. I got to disagree with you there. I, I can't name one that would have said abort that mission. Well, I, again, I can go back to, to Joe Kennedy with um, President Roosevelt that was pleading for the administration and had people within the administration that was agreeing with Joe Kennedy when he was, I think it was the envoy to England. They were basically recommending to the president that they negotiate with Adolf Hitler. And there were people within the, within the administration that was agreeing 100%. You always have both sides of an issue going on all the time. You will have presidents that would have done it, and you will have presidents that would not have done it. Happens all the time. Look at the Compromise of 1876. They have done all this work for Reconstruction to make sure African Americans who newly became citizens had protection under the law. And because one guy and one party wanted to secure the presidency, they sold out not only a whole segment of, of newly coined citizens, but they basically threw a whole area of the country into chaos for almost 100 years. That was cowardice. So you can find a president that would have said, ah, let's, let's err on the side of caution and not do that because we don't know that's bin Laden. You certainly can find it in American history. There's 44 of them. I know I could find at least one. I just named one. <laughs> Personally, I think the mission was already planned. I think it was already underway, so to speak. I think it was already uh, 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 basically scheduled to do. I think he had all the intelligence that he needed, and he had more than enough proof to say, let's go ahead and do it, because let's forget, let, let's remember that the president wasn't uh, 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 all out. He wasn't an all out guy on going anywhere in any other land to do anything like capturing a prisoner of war. I'm sorry, capturing that's not like, true, but that's not true. Like he Biden. said that he actually he was actually the candidate that said and again, I, 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 I voted for McCain. The, the I voted for McCain. I voted for McCain, but but President Obama did say that he would go into another country if he had enough intelligence to go get Bin Laden. He would go in another country where other candidates were saying in 2008, "Well, you know, we have to see if these people are our allies and this with is that the and the other stuff and so on." And that's what he I'm was, saying. With the intelligence, he he would go do it, but without the intelligence, no, he no. He said that if he had the intelligence, he would go in. Other candidates said. Based on our based on our relationships with the country, they may or may not do it, even with the same intelligence. That is one of the things that did separate him on the campaign trail in 2008. He basically did what he said he was going to do. Again, you got to give the president credit where credit is due. It makes it a lot easier to condemn him when he deserves criticism. I definitely you don't give props, him, but I, I I still say, Lenny, I, I'm sorry, brother. I'm sorry. I get a man props where he deserves it. I don't hate the man. I just hate the hell. I hate his policies. You know, I definitely hate all them damn executive orders that he's put out. But that's a whole other issue. But hey, yeah, we know, can go there with that one. He, 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 you know, it is what it is. He get props from some people for going out and and actually doing that. His name is on the we caught Bin Laden. I was the president when it went down. Cool. He gets the okay for giving a green light, so to speak. But I still think personally that anybody, given the intelligence that he was given, would have said, go get him. I don't know. I could be wrong. Let, let's move on, though. Let's move on. Let, let's talk about this. Blacks also voted for President Obama because he passed the Health Care Act, the Affordable Health Care Act. What do you think about that? I, they don't realize how much it's not going to really benefit them as much as they think it's going to, unless they want to be on, on you know, socialized medicine. 
if the premiums are going up now and issues are, are, are coming into play now, we have a shortage of doctors and a shortage of nurses, and this is capable of driving people out of the system where we have even more of a shortage, how does that help black people? I, I don't it think it helps at all. I, I think it takes us back that, to the time that, of sterilization, and, and I think it makes us uh, uh, subject to any kind of uh, pharmaceutical agenda, any kind of pharmaceutical affiliations with, you know, how they get down with Congress over and over and I, over. So, I mean, I think it makes us see, more vulnerable than it than it does, so you know, help I, I, I would dis- I would disagree with them on that, so I'm saying one and two, but continue. Okay. So, uh, let's say he, he put more money in my paycheck by – uh, restoring America, and um, let me, I can't hardly read this, um, pa- paving, what did he say, paving, I guess he's talking about restoring America when they were paving roads and streets and more jobs back in the country. But the, with the black unemployment rate officially at 14%, and in some areas unofficially as high as 25%. So he's putting more money in your paycheck, perhaps, if you conceivably possibly have a job. But the unemployment rate when he came into office, I think, was at was in the sevens. The stimulus package was supposed to cap it at eight point oh. It is yet to hit eight point oh. We'll find out on Friday, after this convention, where the unemployment rate is, which will probably be at least eight point one percent. It may go back up. So putting more money in your paycheck when many of us don't have jobs, is a little empty of an argument, I would say. Okay, I'll take that for what it's worth. I, I think that the Health Care Act is is uh, something that will make me just not vote for him at all, you know, beside the quote-unquote restoring of America that a lot of people claim he's doing by putting people back to work. I just... Frankly, I can't see that because they are... You can't put... The, if you need... If you need 400,000 jobs a month to be added to the economy for people to really be going back to work, and you add 60,000 jobs. Right. That's a failure. It's not an accomplishment. Hooray for the 60,000 people that get to go back to work. Unfortunately, as a nation, you need 400,000. I wonder where are so they? Just, I can't find them. Well, well, well number one, 60,000 over, over, over the course of 50 states is not a lot of jobs. That's the first thing. You gotta think about it being spread over fifty states. That's number one. Number two, when you hear the arguments of all these consecutive months of positive job growth, again it's all relative. It's all relative. It's like saying every single day, you know, you have hungry people at at soup shelters eat. Yes, they eat one meal a day, and it's a small cup of soup. They need three meals a day and a place to live. So if you're patting yourself on the back saying you fed them, knowing that they need a shelter and three square meals a day, then you're being disingenuous, and you may even be being rather hollow. You know they need more than that. Just the same. Bragging about adding 80,000 jobs in a month when you're looking at adding 300 to 400,000 jobs a month in order to get the economy really roaring again is disingenuous. Hooray, you added jobs. It's nowhere near enough. Okay. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I agree. I'm supposed to be playing devil's advocate, man, so you got to get me back on track. So my president has also slowed down recession. Really? Yeah. I mean, 
Obama stepped in the gap, and and he stepped in the gap and stuck to a a, a recovery plan of stimulus dollars and labor force transition. That's hey, the I'm, unemployment I'm, rate. The unemployment rate went from the sevens all the way up into the nines, went down into the eights, bumped back up into the nines, and is still stuck in the eights. We're bragging about sixty thousand jobs a month being added, and the GDP is growing at an anemic rate to the point where the Fed and others are talking about us going back into a recession. Or, just as there was a recent article in the Daily Beast, they're saying that the increase in people needing welfare or other assistance from the government indicates that the, re the recovery never happened in the first place. That's not something to brag about. I agree. Sorry, even though I'm on Obama's side right now. All right, let me see. What about um? Now I got to come off my own. Oh, oh, oh. Let's. What about this one? Uh, President Obama say the collapse of the American automotive industry by you know restructuring GM and bailing them out. Well, two of them went through a sort of restructuring that they would have gone through in bankruptcy anyway. So one can argue, well, where were they going to get the capital fund for restructuring? If they had to go to the federal government, there's an argument to be made there. At the same time, they went through restructuring anyway, the same restructuring that they were told to go through in the first place. And by, by the way, how come the third automotive industry or automotive manufacturer, American automotive manufacturer, did not take the bailout money, and they're doing well also? So there's an argument to be made that maybe we didn't need to do it the way we did it with the Obama administration. There's an argument to both sides. Are they still there? Yes. By the way, a whole lot of money was given to unions, which do what? Oh, put money back in a Democratic big-shot campaign. campaign, including the presidency. So one hand washes the other. I'm not surprised. Over we $200 all got million. Dollars. Underneath their fingernails too. By the way, over $200 million. Um, Let's see. What about uh, – oh, here's one of my favorites. Uh, President Obama closed Guantanamo Bay. It's not closed. <laughs> It's not closed. What, what do you mean it's not closed? That's what I've been hearing. They said President Obama closed Guantanamo Bay. It's not closed. All right, we'll move on. Um, let's see. Oh, here's one you'll like right here. Uh, President Obama saved Wall Street by uh, exposing regulatory oversight on Wall Street. He saved Wall Street. Yeah, that's what he that's said. He saved Wall Street from no, crashing. No, the whole, the, whole, the whole argument was that he saved consumers from Wall Street, but he gave AIG, this is the president and the administration, they gave AIG a whole bunch of money, which then allowed AIG to give a whole bunch of money in bonuses to individuals that caused the collapse in the first place. And the way the administration wanted to deal with it was tax the bonuses at 100%. Of the money that they so, gave. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it doesn't sound like saving anything. That sounds like confusion and a little bit of mad chaos and some egg on the face. So the regulations, yes, sure, we needed to put something in place. I do believe in appropriate regulation. Appropriate regulation. But when you start talking about being a champion of the people by putting over regulation in in some regards and then Still giving AIG money at a clip where they take the money and still give people bonuses that cause economic ruin, and then your way of trying to deal with it because you're embarrassed that they did this with the bonuses is by 
trying to put in place a 100% tax rate, it's pretty much the same thing as giving a whole bunch of banks a whole bunch of money to unfreeze the credit lines for small businesses, and then they take the money and buy up banks. You give them all this money to make sure that hiring doesn't go away, and you don't lay off a lot of people, and they take the money and lay off a lot of people and sit on the money anyway, and then you tell them, well, we're going to charge you interest rates and cap the executive pay at $250,000 until you pay the money back. And what they do is they say, you know what, you can have your money back so that we can start paying our executives again, and then we're going to sit on the rest of the money. He shouldn't have been giving them money anyway. He shouldn't have been He shouldn't have gave them jack nothing in the first well, place. That was, well, let's, let's put it like this. That was Bush and Obama that did that. Well, but with that said, if you... But my point is, if you're going to give them that amount of money, you need to tie it in the jobs and you need to tie it in the lending. You don't just give them the money and let them do what they do. Either you're going to be straight socialist all the way through, have the government <laughs> give them money and tell them what to do, or you're going to be straight capitalist all the way through okay. and say, you know what, don't fail. Don't pick, you know, we're going to be socialist, give you the money, and then we're going to be capitalist and let you do what you do. Oh, and by the way, pay us back when you want so that you can uncap your, your executive salaries all over again and still screw middle-class America out of jobs and small business owners have the opportunity to access credit in order to keep the businesses going. Wow. That's not leadership. And again, I would, I would parlay that into thank you, you know, Mr. Bush and Mr. Obama, not just one or the other. <laughs> That's pretty good. Lenny. You're good at this, man. I, I like this. I'm, I need a longer list here. Um, here. Here's another one that I, that I've gotten from a, uh, from a participant. I'll say, um, President Obama has made the environment a national priority and a primary source for job creation. I guess we kind of went over that already. Um, let's go to another one here. Unless no, you you're, talking about, you're, talking about, wait, you're talking about Solyndra. You're talking about creating those jobs at Solyndra with green yeah, energy I, and creating a whole bunch of jobs and being and being fiscally efficient. Hmm. Okay. I'm sorry. Wow. Yeah, well. You know, people, you know, Pudgy, I'm going to blame this on you real quick before you go on through with this. People are used to seeing me be stately. This isn't being stately. This is being snarky. And I don't usually do uh, snarky. But you, me, you got man. me into the snarky move. You and the other shows on previously start talking about teachers' unions in Chicago and how teachers' unions are have, have a justified point in going on strike and putting – Kids' lives at risk at this point in time. So we start with that. That gets me on edge, gets me going, and then you give me this list. So I apologize for all the people that are tuning in that are used to hearing stately Lenny McAllister, the person that gives the, the beautiful speeches and, and looks pretty good on television despite the, the height deficiency. And instead, you're getting the snarky guy on a Sunday night. I apologize. It's called KIRP Radio, baby. Keeping it real with Pudgy. You get on this show, you can't help but to keep it 100, as I say all the time. So it is what it is, uh, man. It's KIRP Radio! See, that's why we yell like that. So it is what it is, man. I, I think you're doing a great job. Lady, let's go to the phone line, man. I'm tired of reading off that dull-ass list. Pardon me. Um, going to a call out of the 336. You are the only 336. Well, not the only. Uh, 484 is the last three of your number. You're on the air with Pudgy and Lenny. How are you? Hey, how are you guys tonight? Hey, how are you? How are you? Hey, what's going on? Hey, I have a lot of respect for both of you guys. I feel I feel honored to have you both on the air tonight listening to you. It's great. Um I had I had the um opportunity this summer to go out and reach out to some of the lower income communities in my state and 
I am a conservative, but I grew up as a liberal because my father was a conservative. So as a 20-something, I was a conservative. So that was my choice. <laughs> Get back at my father. But no then doubt. as I grew a little wiser, I became a conservative. Um, I would like to ask Lenny especially um, – I hate this issue. I mean, I know race is an issue. We can't get away from it. But I always, I never understood why it was so divisive, um, especially now, especially today. Um, But when I go into the lower-income neighborhoods, I see white and black. And when I see, like this week on Breitbart's website, I saw this journalist on MSNBC have a connection fit over the Republican convention saying that there were so many references to the rich. Um, How do we as conservatives um, reach out to not only blacks but white Democrats, liberals, who believe that they are being disenfranchised, so they say, um, and tell them, you know, it's not – a handout or a hand up or whatever we say, but how can we actually be proactive and show them how they can be something instead of just saying it? Hmm. Be be present consistently. Yeah. Do what you're yeah. doing. Make sure that they see you. Make sure that they see that you're an advocate. Allow your conservative way of life to be an, a regular example in their lives be able to articulate why you vote the way you do, why you believe you the way you do, and be able to engage people on the other side of the aisle without being threatened by them. Be confident in your position so that they can learn from you and learn how to be confident in their positions as they grow into being new conservatives. If you're able to do that and keep your hands on them and, and, and touch their lives on a regular basis, they'll, they'll see the light and they will, they will critically think on the issues and they'll make, They'll make determinations on their own, and many of those individuals will follow your path and become conservatives as well, and those that don't become conservatives will at the very least be able to relate to conservative thought, even if they occasionally vote liberal or consider themselves Democrats, but every now and then, regardless of whether they tell you or not, pull the lever for the conservative candidate. Okay. Well, I really hope you guys can reach people in the positions that you have, too, because there are a lot of us conservatives that are really hurting for those who are suffering right now, too. I mean, we see it. Some of us, some of my friends are, but we really do not ignore the issue. But I think that the party really does need to be more proactive. I really do. I think that the, I think the party does need to be more proactive. I think the party, in many, many instances, chooses not to be proactive. I think that part of that is because they're scared to engage diversity. Mm-hmm. I think part of it is because they're too willing to hold on to power through legacy means, and I think that it's going to take a civil war within the conservative movement. I think it's going to take more Tea Party activists and leaders rising up, and I think that they're going. it's going to take some Republican Party leaders either having an epiphany and changing their ways or having an exit strategy and being booted out of the party before we actually get a more effective Republican Party that reaches a more diverse America. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. Hold on. Thank you. God bless. Where I'm from, you take care of home. So I have a fine time. I have a, I have a hard time looking at what's going on in Chicago with the teacher strike. And, and, and I might add you, your old number one is the mayor out there. Rahm Emanuel is the president. Man, I'm, I'm not even going to go there. But if I were president, 
I would take care of home and you would probably criticize me for the simple fact that I'm spending too much money in one particular area. But let me tell you, I promise you this, one month at least would go by out of the calendar year where we didn't lose 10 to 20 to 30 youth to death. I would gladly accept and take that criticism and I would deal with it. And my only response to you would be, hey, guess what? We didn't lose these kids this time. So whatever amount of money it costs, whatever amount of spending it costs to keep American citizens and these youth safe, it needs to be spent. Because these kids should not be dying in the street like this in in America. Definitely not, Mr. POTUS, from your hood. Anyway, we got to move along, man. It's 8.12 p.m. Eastern Time. Eastern Standard Time. Shout out to everybody out there who listen to the KRP Radio Show. If you are listening via online and it's breaking up or whatever it's doing to you, here's a few sites and the ways to get a hold of us. KIRPRadioShow.com is the site. You can also hit us up on blogtalkradio.com backslash KIRP Radio Show. Excuse me, I'm drinking tea. <laughs> Excuse that burp. I'm drinking, my, you know, my wife made me some tea, but uh, some spike tea too. I'm just kidding. Not really. Um, But anyway, you can also hit us up on Facebook. That's Facebook.com backslash KRP Radio Show. And if you want to call us on the phone, maybe you got a comment about something that we got going on, because I have a wonderful guest tonight. I actually have two guests, but one's a regular, and one's been on before, but he's going to be our feature guest of the night. But uh, if you want to hit us up by phone, it's 619-638-8559. That's the number, folks. That's where I want you guys to hit me up, and I want you to leave me your comments or anything that you got to say about the show. If you want to send us an email, send us an email at KIRP Radio Show at, I'm sorry, KIR Radio at gmail.com, and we'll definitely get back to you. Please, please, folks, please, whatever you do, do not forget to put a subject in the subject line. We get a lot of mail from a lot of different people. If it's a speaking engagement, if it's uh, whatever you got, questions, Whatever you have, make sure you put that in the title line, in the subject line, so we can address it appropriately and the right person can get the email. There's about 15 different people that check their email besides myself, and most of the time I'm replying or someone else is replying. So we need to know who needs to get what email so they can answer to that and they can get to you faster. Right now it's taking us a long time to get to people, so you know we need you guys to put those titles in the subject line, and I will definitely get back to you as soon as possible. I don't care what you're talking about. I'll definitely re- reply to your email or somebody. Will reply back to you, baby, because every email that we get, every conversation that we're invited to, any event that we invited to, we try. I try my best to get out there, and we try our best to respond, whether it's quick or late. So that's what we do, man. Shout out to everybody out there on the KRP Radio Show. We are going to a commercial. I'm sorry, but when we come back, we got my girl Charlotte from StretchingYourBudget.com. She's going to come on here. She's going to let you guys know how to save a few dollars. If you guys aren't familiar with Charlotte, she's check go to her website, man, stretchingyourbudget.com, stretchingyourbudget.com. She's also tried Super Saver on uh, Facebook, and she'll let you guys know how to coupon a little bit better, how to live a little more frugal, how to save a couple dollars. That's what she does, and she does a great job at it. She's always posting coupons also on Twitter. So you guys look her up, man. I'm going to let her come on and tell you guys where to find her at. Right now, you're rocking with the KIRP Radio Show, the number one black conservative show, Southeastern United States. When we come back, financial guru Al Janan Cash gonna drop some jewels on your head, baby. We'll be right back after these messages. Rock with me.
60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism. One out of every 110 children born today will be diagnosed with autism. If you have any questions or need support, we can help. The Autism Society of North Carolina can be reached at 800-442-2762. Again, that's 800-442-2762. Remember, 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism, and one out of every 110 children born will be diagnosed with autism as well. If you need to reach them by the web, the address is www.autismsociety-nc.org. You can also reach them on Facebook, Twitter, and you can reach them on YouTube. Love somebody today. We can ball, man. I know you got a you got some uh, knowledge out there for us, and teach us how we can uh, save a couple more dollars, and we can ball out of control a little bit more. I know you got something for us over there. Well, I guess maybe a little. <laughs> See, that's why I, I love. I always you. come up with something. You always do, man. You're optimistic, and it's because you're on the ball. That's what it is. I mean, you you really got it down. You really understand about this paper. While I keep bumping this table, Jesus. And uh, you really understand how people can save money, man. And I'm appreciative of that. And uh, I'm sure all the listeners are appreciative of that. So I'm going to let you do your thing. Cool. All right. Well, um, I was thinking um, something that maybe I haven't really talked about or that might pertain to people, um, which is saving um, money for singles. I have a lot of um, people that either I teach a class to or I get an email and it's a single um, mom or a single dad or just a single person Um, or it's just a married couple with no kids at home and they find it hard to save money um, on the extra stuff, especially your grocery budget because um, whenever you're couponing, uh, as you all know, or at least if you're just now tuning in, um, you know, our main goal with couponing is to stockpile, and basically what that means is you're just going to buy a lot of what you usually use um, when it's at its lowest price. So with that being said, um, you know, singles or um, just two people in the household, however it may be for you, it's difficult, or at least a lot of the times I'm hearing that it's difficult for you to stockpile and coupon when it's just one or two people in the house. Um, so I just wanted to kind of touch on that just a little bit on a few things that you might can still do um, with couponing and um, 
So, you know, a lot of times when people are single, they don't eat a lot or it's easier for them to just run um, buy fast food or to go pick something up because it's made just for one person versus buying um, a lot of uh, stuff to prepare a whole meal just for one person. Um, and then it either goes bad or they don't eat it. So, um, you know, with that, you can always stock up. And, um, you know, I tell a lot of people that, uh, you know, just like a family with a large number of people, even though you have one or two people, to go ahead and prepare a large meal but break it out into individual containers and freeze um, all the rest. So all you have to do is pull out one container and defrost that and eat your individual meal. So, you know, if, if a family like mine or your study that has a lot of family members, we would probably fix several large meals and freeze them ahead so that if we're running behind or whatever, we can just pull the whole thing out. So if you're single or if you're an elderly couple or, if, you know, you have no kids at home, um, prepare one big meal and then break it out into individual sizes and freeze. Um, people are really surprised by what you can freeze. Um, I actually probably should write, you know, an article on this um, with items that you can freeze, just as an FYI. But you can freeze cheese, you can freeze butter, um, milk even you can freeze. Um, so there's just so many things that you can freeze, and most items you freeze are good for at least three months. So I'm sure that you'll eat um, whatever you prepare within that time frame. So I still would encourage you to continue to buy with your coupons and stockpile. It's just that you're going to need to plan it ahead and break things out instead of just cooking the whole thing and letting it sit in your fridge and it waste. So um, that's one way that you can save. Another thing is, um, you know, toiletries and cleaning supplies and personal care. Those things never expire. So um, really there's no issue with that. Go ahead and buy whatever you think. I mean, if you find an awesome deal on something, buy a year's supply. Um, that way you don't have to think about it. When you need it, you've got it, um, and it's done. You know, I could buy the same amount, and it might last my family three months, but if it's just one or two people, then that's going to go a lot further. So just don't be discouraged by um, the word stockpile and um, the fact of having too much that you'll never use it because, a lot of your items that are non-perishable have a really long shelf life. So, um, I mean, I always um, kind of look for the items towards the back of the shelf that might have the, the longer expiration date if I know that I'm not going to be using it right away so that I make sure that I extend my time as much as I can. Um, and with that, if you don't use everything, we're always a huge advocate of giving away. So if you buy too much and you think you're just not going to use it, um, there are tons of empty shelves uh, food banks right now. So please, um, just because you don't think you'll use it, someone else will. So, um, you know, if it's free, just pick it up at the store and um, put a little box in your pantry, put everything you're not going to use, and just make one little quick trip you know, once a month or whatever it may be. So um, just always keep others in the back of your mind. Uh, you know, it's, it's just a simple gesture, but it's always, you know, a good way to give back. So um, that's just a few little tips that I have. It's nothing major, but I just, I know that a lot of times 
single people and elderly people just think that they cannot coupon and save money because they're never going to use all these things. But you would be surprised at what you can stock up on. And, um, you know, even if it's a portion of your budget or, you know, a portion of your um, spending, I actually had a single mom um, that I taught a class to a while back, and she had messaged me last week, and she was like, um, you know, I'm trying out a new diet, so I'm not quite sure that I want to start couponing just yet until I see how things are going to go. And um, I said, well, you have, you know, your son, you could at least start couponing and buying the items for his lunchbox and stuff if he's not on the same diet. You know, with and, and that's even just a small little chunk of your budget that you're affecting. Um, so you can start saving. You know, don't wait on saving money and putting it back. You never know when um, something's going to come up or there's an item that breaks in your house that you need to buy. That little bit of extra money you could put back in savings and not have to put it on credit later. So just don't find ways to put things off. Um, when it comes to saving money, because you just never know when you might need it. Well, I need some right now. <laughs> Can I borrow five dollars? <laughs> Have you not been saving, Cody? <laughs> yeah, I've been saving, but I've been spending on other people. That's my problem. Uh-oh. That's a whole other story. Let me, let me. Yeah, that's another story. Been <laughs> spending on other folks, but it's all good, man. Because you spend it at heart. You just, it comes out. People need it. I'm, I'm normally there. And uh, I'm learning in the process that uh, part of saving is not giving it to others who needs to save their own. Y'all, y'all go yeah. hard, man. And I'm talking shopping too, and that's that's crazy because Black Friday it, it, it gets busy at Black Friday. So you know, hey, it was worth it though, right? It was worth it. Just the no experience. I, if you've never done it, you just have to do it once. Well, you know what time it is, Charlotte. Um, I'm going to ask you what I always ask you, and I know you might not like it, but you got to give a shout-out. So please give a shout-out before you get up out of here. I, I put salt in this one today. Uh-oh. So I'm going to give a shout-out to all those retailers that had to work on Thanksgiving um, for Black Friday that opened early. I just really appreciate it. I ran into a lot of pleasant, um, you know, salespeople. They didn't have to be <laughs> nice being out at midnight what they were and they really looked like they were having fun and so just shout out to those that that worked on their holiday that's an accurate shout out right there i love that shout out shout out to you charlotte shout out to everybody at stretchingyourbudget.com triad super savers herself charlotte holder holding it down for krp radio show and everybody else shout out to everybody who's listening to the show baby you rocking with the number one black conservative show southeastern united states and we doing it with over 6.5 6.5 million listeners out there. I got to go to one commercial, folks. Just one. And when I come back, I'm going to take the first caller out of the 919. All right, y'all hear that? I'll see you right there. First call out of the 919, we coming. We coming to get you. If you guys want to talk, the number is 619-638-8559. Press number one if you got something to say. If not, we ain't going to rock. We're just, we just going to let you rock with us. We're not going to bother you. You can do what you do. But uh, press number one if you got a comment. We'll try our best to get to you, folks. You're rocking with the KRP Radio Show with your host, Pudgy. It's me, baby. Look for us on Twitter, at symbol KRP Radio Show, at symbol NC Pudgy. That's your boy. And uh, we'll try to get to your comments on there as well. We'll be right back after these messages, baby. Number one, Southeastern United States. That's how we do it, B. I G Adidas.
Families are affected by autism. One out of every 110 children born today will be diagnosed with autism. If you have any questions or need support, we can help. The Autism Society of North Carolina can be reached at 800-442-2762. Again, that's 800-442-2762. Remember, 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism, and one out of every 110 children born will be diagnosed with autism as well. If you need to reach them by the web, the address is www.autismsociety-nc.org. You can also reach them on Facebook, Twitter, and you can reach them on YouTube. Love somebody today. Show Southeastern United States, and we do it B I G six one nine six three eight eight five five nine. Hit number one if you got a comment. We'll try our best to get right to you. The question of the hour is, or of the minute, uh, has hip hop made more positive contributions than negative contributions to society? I want to know what you think. I mean, I we can talk about what I think all the time, all day. I can talk about it by myself and you guys can listen, which is something that I do very well. I'm I'm good at listening to myself talk. I mean, that's why I have a talk radio show and we happen to be number one in, in the U.S. on the East Coast. But, you know, anyway, I want to know, has hip hop made any positive contributions or at least more positive contributions than negative contributions to society today? Because here's the thing. um, You hear a lot of noise about, like, how money, you know, I had to go there. I, I, I got to talk about it because you, you can't really talk about hip hop without talking about money. For God's sakes, we're talking about an art that has evolved to making it rain. I mean, that you know, that's a hip hop term. That's a hip hop slang that, you know, that, that it's a hip hop phrase. This is what we this is what we do. This is what we're talking about. And to be real clear to a lot of people out there, because I have a very diverse audience. So to all my people out there who do not know what making it rain means, making it rain basically means to uh let me let me put it in uh uh very simple terms. 
to grab money out of your pocket and throw it up in the air like you really don't care and let that money fall down slowly like rain because you got it like that. That's what making it rain means, man. So I'm going to go to my first caller while my producer's out here tripping on me. I'm going to my first call out of the 919. Caller, your last three digits. We got a few. So your last three digits is 843. You are on the air with Pudgy. If you wanted to talk, what's up? Hello. Hello. I'm on the air. You are here, sir. How are you? I'm, I'm doing good. I actually have to – I've got a bumper story. It'll take five seconds. I was sort of initiated a call from an, a Facebook discussion. Um, <laughs> someone who was a listener of yours posed a question, and I answered it, and it motivated me to call. And I actually called during the middle of the coupon infomercial, and I was going to hang up, but it was really good information. So um, I'm glad you went back to the topic, but at the same time, the discussion the young lady had about deals was, was equally um, informative. That's great. That's great. And that that's why we have her on, man. It's it's uh it's definitely a blessing that she can do this for a lot of folks out here because we're in a different time now. And and I think if people aren't couponing, they need to learn to start because it's definitely worth it. Um, I want to get straight to the point. Um, I'm mid forties. Um, I'm a preacher's kid. Um, both my parents are ministers. Um, I want to I want to talk about you know African American culture, um, whether it's business or in society. I think we, we take fair too much of the blame for society's ills. And I appreciate your topic and that we can sort of jump into it only because of the fact that, you know, you mentioned money, you mentioned making it rain. I just want to throw out some figures. There okay. are far more images of misogyny in movies and TV. But movies and television don't bear the responsibility the way hip-hop does. Wow. I, mean, I see movies all the time where women are raped, they're beaten, um, they're murdered. That's built into that's, that's built into prime time television themes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you can go into country music. Country music is um, widespread depression. A lot of the songs are the blues about some woman that's left left a man for another man, or you know, it's, it's a sad song. Heavy metal. Um, the images of suicide is a better alternative than life. I don't think TV, country music, heavy metal um, has any more burden on society than rap music. Wow. And it's disheartening. It's, it's disheartening to see rap music be, fall into a scapegoat for society ills, especially mm-hmm. when in terms of being in a capitalist country and the fact that the lowest common denominator, according to society, is making money from an art form. Sure. And it, it bothers me that whether you're liberal, conservative, Christian or atheist, you're taking this art form and you're saying this is why problems are happening, or this is why, <clears throat> excuse me, women are looked down on because of this art form. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, it's, it's it's depressing because a lot of people see a lot of Af- African American males in particular see sports as a way to get out of poverty, poverty. Sure. music, rap, and I'm, I mean I'm a preacher's kid, um, somewhat liberal sort of middle of the road in some areas. And I am sick and tired of black folks blaming rap on our culture, on society ills. No one blames heavy metal, pop, country on a kid going into a movie theater and shooting it up. No one blames, you know, gospel on a young girl that gets into pornography. But it seems that every time something bad happens, 
I think we fall too often to rap. You know, this is this is rap is this and rap is that. And I think it's superficial and I think it's almost silly. And I don't mean to demean your comment, but yeah, there are negative images in everything. But there was misogyny. There were bad images well before 1979, well before Rapper's Delight. And so all of a sudden, I think it's just convenient for us to all of a sudden say, oh, our culture looks bad because of rap, or our culture is missing the mark because we demean women in song, as if this well, song didn't exist now, and we wouldn't demean women. <laughs> no, no, I, I hear you. Um, time out for a second, though. I, I want to rewind yeah. for a second because I, you probably sure. never listened to this show before. Um, okay, great. So let me let you know I'm I'm conservative by choice. That's self defined. Let me let me put that out there for all the new people out there. You voted for you voted for Romney. I did. And and I can tell you yeah. distinct reasons why I did because he went against what my belief system was. I I'm sorry, President Obama went more against my belief system than what Mitt Romney did. Okay. And and okay. that's okay. that's a, that's, that's another fair. topic though. But let me let me let me sure. let me explain why I'm conservative because I'm not conservative collectively. You know, there are conservatives out there that I disagree with, tons of them, and liberals sure. and sure. Democrats and Republicans. I'm conservative because I grew up using a paper bag for trash. <laughs> I grew right. up not, not blowing my money. I grew up sure. knowing how to take care of my neighbor and taking care of myself. And, and those are – and I definitely grew up believing in Jesus Christ and standing behind those principles no matter what anyone says. So You're a liberal. You're a liberal, so, brother. You 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 can you can you can define it how you may, but I I don't I don't self identify with everything with, that everything that you just described is liberalism. I, I hear you. I mean, I I'm, you. I'm a preacher's kid, and you you just scream liberal. But go ahead, go ahead. I I, I hear you, and and some folk may say that, but yeah, I I, I, I you it. know I'm 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 pretty I'm pretty good at defining who I am and knowing who I am. So I, I'm a conservative <laughs> guy. Okay. Okay, and that okay. and that's what I believe socially. No, I'm, I'm socially and fiscally. <laughs> Okay? okay, socially and fiscally. But anyway, so I, I I just wanted to let you know that, and and the reason I even said that is because the reason I had this subject, I brought this subject up because I thought it was important to talk about what hip hop has done for a society versus what people view that hip hop has done for a society. Hip hop okay. has done great things, great wonders for this society, and and I personally believe. I'm going to piggyback off a little bit of what you said, but I personally sure. believe that hip hop has been picked on and it's the moniker because it's the poorest and easiest art form that arrived from the ghetto to rich and famous before all, yeah. before all, all any platform of entertainment here is now hip hop. And it derived from something very, something angry, something, something that are uh, uh, defensive, you know, something outspoken and something that came from the poor people, frankly. I actually didn't so, start as angry, but I agree with you wholeheartedly. Nothing late 70s rap was angry. The Sugar Gang Hill never uttered an angry language, an angry verse, ever. Yeah, that, that was you, rap. You go back and listen to Sugar Hill Gang, who yeah, was, in absolutely. 1979 was considered the first. They never yeah. said anything angry. That was something different, though. Let's let's be for real now. Sugar Hill Gang today would not be considered hip hop. Let's let's be serious, okay? Well, I mean, the, they gave birth to it. I mean, yeah, they gave birth to it. That's, that's would the, you consider Queen Latifah? Would you consider Queen Latifah hip hop? Would you consider Will Smith? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, but you so can't what, you can't what, forget. What but you, you can't pick and choose. You you can't pick and choose what you want. I'm saying what hip hop came from 
was definitely some anger. It came from people in the community saying, you know what? There's nobody speaking out for us, and here we are. There's not people over here. We pick up the phone and call 911, and they won't come. Cops are beating people up. We're poor. We need more. We need this. We're not getting jobs. You can't tell me the hip-hop didn't come from some form of anger. I ain't even trying to hear that because I know better. K-I-R-P Radio! Real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real, real. Only gon' recognize, still, still, reckon I will. Like we always do with this time. 